0: exclusive podcast from impact 89 fm
1: wdbm east lansing
2: welcome to the spartan sports wrap on impact exposure
1: in the next hour we'll guide you through spartan sports your favorite detroit teams and beyond call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893
2: And now, let's kick off another hour of sports talk. Welcome into the Spartan Sports Wrap. I came to the studio in a toboggan today, and Juan's got his snow skis on. We're struggling out here. It is freezing. So, nonetheless, Juan is in the house. Brigitte across from me, and the rook as always. Kevin's behind the glass. Juan, how you doing, brother?
3: I'm alright, man. How's it going?
1: What's up, Dan? How are you?
2: Brigitte coming out of the gates talking. You've got to love that, Juan. That is a positive sign of <laughs> yes, things to come. Yes,
3: that is a good start.
2: And things to come in this show. What a stacked show we have for you tonight. Juan, I say this every week, but I can honestly say, looking at this lineup, Steve Highfield of the State News will join us early in the hour. About 10 minutes, Steve Highfield of the State News. After that, about 7.20, 7.30, Todd Schultz, yes, yes. The infamous Todd Schultz of the Lansing State Journal. We're not We're not talking about the old quarterback here at Michigan State. We're talking about the you-love-him-or-hate-him Todd Schultz of the <laughs> Lansing State Journal. Yes, he wrote those articles, Smith is an embarrassment, etc., etc. He'll be joining us. And for all you basketball fans out there, big show. Drew Neitzel, number 11, will be joining us about midway through the hour. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about his recent success on the court, back-to-back co-Big Ten Player of the Week. You can't argue with that. And if we can get him, it sounds like we are going to be able to. Double zero, Dong Ebak is going to be joining us tonight towards the end of the hour. The big fellow from Nigeria. That is a stacked show, folks. I hope you stay tuned. If you're in the car listening to us, I hope you're warm. It took me 20 minutes to get my car warm today. But nonetheless, we went to class, right, Juan? Yes, we did. It's it finals is finals are approaching us quickly. One is one for me is Wednesday. I'm done with classes on Thursday. Um, for you listeners, our last show before Christmas or until after Christmas will be next Monday. So be sure to be there next Monday, as we may have some presents under the tree for you <laughs> here at the Sports Rap. But just to echo myself again, Steve Highfield of the State News joining us shortly. Followed by Todd Schultz of the Lansing State Journal and uh, point guard Drew Neitzel joining us later in the hour along with Center E. Dong E. the big fella. But I want to kick it off with the top story and she deserves it. Elissa Han all, all, oh, she's great. A-L-L is how you spell it, all, because she does it all, baby. I wrote an article on that and that is located at sportsshort.blogspot.com about her tremendous play in the Big Ten Conference, took notice, Big Ten Player of the Week. Can you argue with that, Juan? No, hands down. Big Ten Player of the Week. Well, when you average 24 points, uh, nine boards, and six and a half blocks in two games, I think you've done it. Um, And if you want to do it and pick up the phone and give us a call, the number's 517-432-3893. Kevin's back there still thawing out from the freezing cold, but he's ready to take your calls. And uh, we're talking anything, and especially to kick off the top of the hour, we're talking about Coach D'Antonio. Yes, he's named some assistants, and so far none of them from the John L. Smith regime. You got a problem with that, Juan? Do you think he should have kept anyone? The jury's still out on quarterbacks coach Dan Enos from the Smith era, right? But seven of the nine named are from Cincinnati. Do you think that these coaches have the experience, Juan? Let me uh, let me give some names for you: Harlan Barnett. If that doesn't ring a bell, he played here back in the late eighties. Yeah, he had seven years in the NFL. Also. He will be the secondary's coach, and uh, here's a joke for you: Jim Tressel's nephew. Yeah, he'll be rocking the Michigan State sweater vest on on the sidelines in the fall. He'll be the special teams linebackers coach. He has some experience. He looks young, but yet I think he's in his mid thirties. So, nephew of Jim Tressel will the you know bloodline. His dad his dad coaches right. the running backs up there, or I should say down there at Ohio State. And uh, with those two guys, we look at Barnett. He's got NFL experience. He's play- He played at Michigan State. Personally, I think that's a great pickup. Great pickup for Michigan State. And MSU guy, Trestle. Hey, with a name like Trestle, I don't Bro, think... I- right, <laughs> you-, you can't go wrong. You uh, can't go wrong. And if you don't want to go wrong, pick up the phone. Give us a call, 517-432-3893. I'm working on putting together a little email address, so in case you're a little shy, <laughs> d- don't, don't want to pick up that phone, you can shoot me an email, we can answer questions throughout the hour. But 517 432 If you're coach Antonio, who would you take from that Smith regime to keep on your staff?
3: Has to be the quarterback's coach. Other than that, I would basically clear
2: house and you know, get a new ship, bring in everything new. But when you think about it, it is it is somewhat of a loyalty issue. Yeah. If I if I'm at Cincinnati, I get a new job. And obviously, I'd say the pay would increase from uh, to, to coming into a Big Ten conference. So I take I take my guys with me, and it seems that Cincinnati has amidst the whirlwind of college coaching controversy, all this talk of Brian Kelly. All of a sudden, Brian Kelly's the new coach at Cincinnati. None of us could have predicted that. Right. We're, we're thinking Brian Kelly's coming here now. He's taking Dantonio's position at Cincinnati, but nonetheless, Coach Dantonio's here. Any slants in East coaching and recruiting his tail off, but someone has tailed down south and that would be Keith Nickel. Last week, Paul Conandike of Spartan Magazine guaranteed us Keith Nickel was going nowhere. A recruiting trip to Oklahoma changed the story. Changed the whole story. Keith Nickel is now a commit to the Oklahoma Sooners barring the signing period in what is it, coming up in February? February 1st. February 1st, yes. But Keith Nichols is graduating here in, I'd say, a month or two. Right. He's graduating early so he can go and play spring ball. And what an opportunity for him. Can't blame the kid. You can go compete for a starting spot on a BCS contender, a program that is tremendous, uh, playing for the highest paid coach, so you know you're going to have facilities. Uh, Stoops down there making $3.4 million. Uh, that's according to USA Today's recent survey on right. coaches' salaries, but tremendous facilities, Keith said, is what sold him on that, and the opportunity to go in right away and compete in something. When you look at the Michigan State situation, was not available. Brian Hoyer seemed, barring injury, seemed to be that guy, and um, Coach D'Antonio likes him. Although Coach D'Antonio stresses that he is going to run the football. Oh yes. Oh, we're. It looks like we're going old school, Juan, but. I, I can't blame him. Uh, Coach Antonio had a round table at Spartan Stadium on Friday. I was there. Had to sit down with uh, for about an hour with the local media with Coach Antonio. Had a lot of a lot of good things to say, but he could not mention recruiting by name because of the, the stipulations right. of the NCAA. So he couldn't touch on the Nichols situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. But obviously he knows about it. And it hurts him. <laughs> uh, it, it does hurt him, but the thing about that, how bad does that hurt him? Come on, this kid. All this talk, yes, he's a good athlete. Good, I have never met the kid. I can't put anything personal out there about him, but he's still a kid. He hasn't played a college football game. All this hype about recruits that haven't panned out for us in the past, just another name to me. But it would have been nice to have Keith Nicolette at, at Michigan State.
3: I couldn't agree more. Um, you always like to get those you know, blue chip players just because they are better than their other players because they do have that drive you know, to compete and outshine their fellow players that they're playing against. But as far as him going to Oklahoma, you couldn't really blame him. It was a ready-made situation. They're going to have Peterson back for one more year. And, you know, he's trying to go win the highest men go to the NFL. So that's perfect. Uh, their quarterback now was makeshift with, you know, Thompson converting him from quarterback to receiver then back to quarterback. So he's going to come right in. I see him probably as a four-year starter. I don't see why he wouldn't start going there. So... You can't really blame him for trying to expand his options and get on the field as quick as
2: possible. I don't blame him at all. Uh, quality pickup for, for Coach D'Antonio, or uh, Coach Stoops, I should say. Coach Stoops. Coach Stoops down there. That's his That's his philosophy. Hey, wait till a kid commits to one school, then what do you have? A one-on-one battle for, for the recruit. But uh, joining us now from the state news, Steve Highfield. How you doing, Steve? How you guys doing? Man, fantastic. First of all, I just want to get your uh, general impressions on, on the hire of Coach D'Antonio and uh, what, if you think this was a quality pickup or somewhat of a, a non-risk situation for President Simon, or what, what are your thoughts on this recent hire?
0: I definitely think it's the safe pick, but it looks like a good pick. I mean, it was pretty evident last year that John Al kind of lost the team. So they're bringing in a guy in D'Antonio who's kind of, you know, disciplined, hard-nosed guy. He'll return, you know, that kind of attitude back to the team. So you can't really go wrong bringing him in.
2: How bad does the loss of the recruit Keith Nickel hurt Michigan State? Is it is it as bad as people are making it out to be, or is it just a good player that has chosen a better program?
0: I think it's the latter. I mean, he's a good player, but, you know, there's hundreds of four star recruits out there. I think it might hurt if you lose other recruits because of him. Obviously, he was, you know, he was the guy you brought the class around, so if you lose another guy because Nickel left, it might hurt, but losing him out just by himself is not that bad. You can't blame the kid anyway going to Oklahoma. Recently. We did finish four and eight
2: last year, so absolutely. Steve Highfield of the State News—he's the State News reporter. You can read his articles. I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure uh, weekly, and you—you you probably appear every day in the State News.
0: Almost every day, probably.
2: He cover you cover MSU basketball, MSU football.
0: I'm um, just football. Not doing basketball
2: this year. Okay, he covers football. So for Coach D'Antonio, is next year really a rebuilding year? Are you going to expect some wins out of this program next year? Uh,
0: you want to expect wins, but. The first thing you gotta look at is the schedule. I mean this year was their chance to win, they had a pretty easy schedule. Next year just looking at it, you know, they drop Illinois and Minnesota off the schedule and they pick up Iowa and Wisconsin so that gets significantly tougher there. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the fans react if they don't if they don't win next year. But I think he he can improve. If they're not, you know, they gotta be better than four and eight next year. I think six and six has to be a legitimate goal, but I think it'll be a little bit of a reach for people to expect, you know, a real big turnaround, like an eight and four
2: type year. Steve Hotfield of the State News joining us here on the sports Wrap tonight. If you're if you're Mark D'Antonio, do you keep anyone from that John L. Smith staff?
3: Uh,
0: I know a lot of people talk about that. I don't really see a reason a reason why, you know. Enos you know, is obviously a guy people talk about, you know, just talking to him throughout the year. seems like a, a great guy and a great coach, but when you look at his position, the quarterbacks didn't really develop much this year, you know. Stanton might even take a step back. But the only guy you might keep on is um Jeff Stout, offensive line coach. I know after John was fired, I talked to a lot of the recruits, and three or four of them said that stouten was the main reason he committed, and if he left, they might reconsider. So Since he's not going to be kept on, you might see even more recruits leave. That's the only guy I'd really take a look at just for the recruiting aspect of it.
2: And, and how do you see this recruiting class shaping up? Do you think this is going to be somewhat of a makeshift, slap some guys together? Or do you think we have a shot at getting some legitimate recruits that will be able to contribute and not just be – you know, whatever's left over from the Midwest.
0: Um, unfortunately, I see it a lot like the class from John go over Bobby Williams. Kind of had to rush and grab a couple guys last minute. Um, you know, just since he got hired, since he got hired, I've been recruiting pretty hard, but you haven't had heard any of the big names. You know, Nickel left. Everyone left is kind of a two or three star guy. So I think, I think you're going to bring in the two and three star guys that fit the program. You know, that fit his kind of game plan. But I don't think. You'll see any of the big four-star names coming, but you know maybe you can do something with that
2: class. Hey, I know you're a busy guy, so I want to let you go, but I thank you. Steve Highfield of the State News joining us tonight on the Spartan Sport Trap. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, guys. Just stepping in the studio, none other than big man 00 Edong Ebok. We'll let him get settled in. If you have any questions for Edong, the number is 517 432 So while the big man settles in, I just want to thank him for coming by on the show tonight. Um... The numbers five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. With that, we're gonna jump to a little basketball talk. Now that we've got the big fella in the building, got to be a little cold out there, man. <laughs> but first of all, we want to thank you for coming in, Edong Ebock, in the studio tonight. Uh, no problem. It's A pleasure to be here, Dan. Thanks a lot, man. So, Edong, first of all, I know you—you you probably just got out of practice. You probably got a million things. Probably what nine o'clock meeting tonight? Yep. the The life of the life of a student athlete, man. I don't. I don't even know how hard that grind is. But first of all, I want to say congratulations, man. You guys are ranked in the top 25. I don't Thank know if you. You, you pay attention to rankings, but uh, we had we've got a lot of faith in you guys here. And first of all, you stepped into the into the starting rotation. Um, are you, how ready were you for that role, and were you anticipating that from Coach Izzo? Uh, I was anticipating that a little bit,
4: but uh, I think we had a few uh, a few minor slip ups here and there, and uh, he just felt that uh, uh, it was necessary to have me in there uh bringing in that defense right from the start of the game and uh, I think uh i am doing a fairly good job with that.
2: How com- how comfortable are you with that with that new starting position? Uh, I'm still I'm
4: still working with it. Uh still trying to gain a lot of confidence uh, with it, but uh I'm doing all right and uh, as we continue to play and uh I get more experience, I think I'll get a little
2: more uh, a lot more comfortable with it. People point to you as as a big shot blocker, but I know since you've come to Michigan State, your game has just developed dr- dramatically. So, what have you been working on on the offensive side of your game to to develop a, more of a repertoire on offense? You're known as a tremendous shot blocker, but obviously, you there is an offensive side to ID. Uh, yeah, there is an offensive
4: side, even though I don't, I almost never do show that part. Uh, but uh, the coaches have been on me to. Uh be more aggressive on the offense and try to get uh, look for my shots in offense. But uh, that comes with me being a little bit more confident, too, uh, with the position I'm playing and uh, the situation I'm in. But uh, as I continue to play, uh, get more experience, like I said earlier, uh, I think my offense will come around. I'm not going to rush into things. I'm just going to be uh, solid and bring what I can uh, every night, which is a defense and rebounding.
3: Looking uh, as you head into conference play, what do you see as some of the some of the strength and weaknesses the team need to home in on or, or look forward to or try to exploit when facing the other teams?
4: I think we're a pretty good uh defensive <laughs> team right now. Uh over the past few games we might have, have a little had a little uh uh shaky offense maybe from here and there, but it's something that we continue we continue to work on and as we play together and the team chemistry continues to grow, uh we're gonna get better at it. But uh, coming into conference play, uh, we just got to do a good job of keeping up the intensity and playing the entire game instead of having a little mental lapse Mental lapses, yeah, here and there in the game. I think the last two games we did a good job of putting both uh, both halves together, but we got to make sure that doesn't happen again. And seeing that we're going to be playing a, in a few weeks, you're going to be playing a lot of good Big Ten, a uh, Big Ten teams. So uh, we put two halves together in the game, coupled with our defense and executing an offense. I think uh, we we are a pretty good team.
2: If you're just joining us, Edong Ibak of the men's basketball team. Joining us, any questions, hit us up, 517-432-3893.
1: Edong, um, I've always wondered, when you guys go into the locker room at halftime, it always seems like you guys come out a lot stronger and you guys um, improve your game a lot from the first half. So I was just wondering, is there anything in particular that Coach Izzo says to you guys to inspire you that just makes you guys want to come out and play harder?
2: Or? Well... <laughs> he
4: he
2: that, you, you know we can we can't we can't swear on the air that they'll cost us a cool 250 grand but uh you know you you, you can go ahead and uh, you know let us in on what coach Izzo you know sa- says or what some of the guys try to do or is it just the the second chance and adjustments that coach makes
4: Uh well first of all he lets you know about the mistakes that uh we have made in the first half and what what we have guarded well and what we've, uh, we haven't done right, and then he might uh, put it across in his own manner, which isn't always, uh <laughs> can't say that publicly, but then we just have to, he comes in and tells us what we've done right and what we need to do, what we're doing wrong especially, and what we need to do to correct it, and then we just go out in the second half and
2: play. Edong, who's the best basketball player that you've ever played with in your career? Man, it's been a... <laughs> There's been a few of them. Fortunately for
4: me, uh, man, uh, it's a, a lot of really good guys uh, from uh, Allen to Mo to Shannon, even Paul. There's it's been a lot of good guys that I've had the chance of playing with since I've been here at MSU. What's,
2: what's the biggest thing that, that they've taught you about progressing your game or, or in life? Uh,
4: man, it's just uh, keep going hard, man. You just got to keep going hard and Come out every day. Practice a lot. of Determination, and uh, you got to be self motivated. Uh, that's one thing I learned from uh, watching Mo and Shannon and the rest of those guys play.
2: Well, you can't. You came from Africa. I don't. Not many people know your <laughs> know your story. <laughs> you know what? You know what? ID is a good friend of mine. So you know what? You know we gotta we gotta touch on this a little bit. People said, "What you've been playing basketball for how many years now?" About five years now. On. Only five years. This is somewhat of yeah. like a, like a Michael Jordan story. You picked up Picked up a rock <laughs> five years ago. So, what got you from Nigeria to the United States?
4: Uh, actually, I just I came here the summer of my junior year uh, to the U.S. on a summer vacation. Uh, I just came. I had the opportunity to come over here, and being from Africa, that's a dream of everybody to come <laughs> to the U.S. So, I got a chance to do that. And while I was here, I attended a few basketball camps, and I got looked at and. Uh, a few high schools wanted me to come there and play out my senior year. And, uh, you know, I couldn't turn on the chance to go and get a scholarship to play Division One basketball. So what what college teams were
2: looking at you coming out of high school?
4: Uh, there's a few of them, uh, but the strongest ones, I'd say, were Florida State, uh, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, uh, Georgia. Uh, that's about That was about it. Was Obviously some, bas- some
2: basketball one. powerhouse, so they weren't messing around with, with interest in you. Uh, Edong Ebok joining us on the show tonight. We call him ID. The number is 517-432-3893 if you have any questions for the big man. So what kept you from picking up a basketball earlier in your childhood <laughs> or your yeah. life? Obviously, you're you're pushing seven feet in shoes. Uh, man, it,
4: growing up in, in Africa in general, it's not like over here there's not a lot of basketball courts to just go out and shoot on or you, you don't just see a basketball in every high school gym. Or there's not a lot of organized basketball at all. So if maybe if I'd had a little bit more uh, a lot uh, facilities available to me when I was younger, I might have picked up the game because I've always watched basketball from when I was little. But it was never I never had the opportunity to go out on the court and just shoot or play with guys. I didn't know, I didn't know where to go do it. There was there were barely any basketball courts in <laughs> the city I grew up in. So so what took... was what
2: was the culture like where you grew up? What was the average day for you? Like <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, like at age sixteen, what was your average day?
4: At age sixteen, you get up in the morning, go to school, come back from school, get some extra tutors in because acad- academics is a, a big, always been a big, big, uh, big part of my life. My parents made it that way, and then in the evenings, just mess around. If someone finds a little deflated ball, go put some air in it. Walk so- a few miles. Soccer? Were,
2: were you? Did you play soccer? Growing I played
4: up? soccer a little bit growing up. That's one thing that every child in Africa especially Nigeria does but then I didn't really I, I was not a really big fan of soccer and then you always like dribble the ball with our hands while playing soccer but but then as soon as I got the chance uh to they put up a basketball in my high school at a point even though the court was on grass <laughs> we just go out there and shoot on it from time to time and it, I just picked it up from there
2: obviously it has not so much a culture shock but culture adaptation for you and and it seems you've been making it smoothly uh, roommate Marquise Gray. Um, <laughs> how has Marquise Gray influenced you into like I don't know <laughs> Amer- American culture? I could say uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's a good one, good, good question. But uh, he's
4: helped out a lot. They have showed me the ins and outs of American culture a little bit. Uh, not a whole lot, but a few. And uh, he, he's doing a good job showing me things around
2: here. And uh, I really appreciate that. How how long has it been since you've seen your family? Uh, it's been three years now. How hard is that on you, just to be, only being able to talk to your family through a phone, through the internet, things like that? Uh, it's,
4: it's difficult from time to time, uh, but it's something I knew that I, I might have to do just to get here and play basketball and get an education, and, and it's something I was semi-prepared for, and they understand, and I understand what's happening, and, uh, even though it's hard for me, it's something
2: I gotta do. So, what what's your number one goal to get... For for to get get going out of Michigan State, in my eyes, it's got to be getting to the NBA. Yeah, definitely. And in, in getting to the NBA, is there is there an opportunity that you can move your you would be able to move your family, or is there is there travel restrictions on? You? I know there's travel restrictions on you, right? Can you explain that, like the amount of times you can go back to Africa and visit? Well,
4: in my situation and how I uh, got my visa, uh, I can't leave and re-enter the country whenever I want. So I think it's, and coupled with the fact uh the travel situation in and out of the U.S. now would uh, scare a terrorist. Nigeria's not a, exactly a uh, really good buddy of the U.S. yet, so yep. that, that's kind of tough going back and forth. But uh, if I leave here and uh, successfully and hopefully get a play uh, pro ball, uh, I think uh, it'd be a good idea to go back home. I'd be able to go back home, probably move a few of my family over here and uh Stuff like that.
2: What what kind of encouragement do you get from your mother that that you talk to? How oft How often do you get to talk to your family? And what is that a, is that a crazy phone bill or what, how does that work? Uh, it's not a, actually surprisingly enough. It's not
4: a it's not too bad. Uh, I, I get a, a phone card, a national phone card, and I use that from time to time. I talk to them a few times a week. Or some of the times they text message me or send me emails and all that stuff.
2: So, you got what brothers or sisters, or wh- how many siblings you got? Are they as tall as you, or what's the deal there?
4: Uh, I got three sisters and uh, one brother, a younger brother. He's uh 17 now. Uh, he's about 6'5, six, 6'6, six, six, so he's a little bit on the tall side. Uh, my sisters, two of them are pretty tall, one of them is about six foot. And uh, the other one's about five, ten, five, eleven. My older sister's the one who's average, just like a very regular
2: Is your where'd you where'd you get the height from in your family?
4: Uh my mom's my mom's dad was about six, six, six six nine. Okay. And she has a lot of tall brothers and cousins, so I think I got a little bit from her and my dad. Uh, his mom actually <laughs> was tall. <laughs> so it was a good combination of both.
2: When you first came to the States and you and you visited Michigan State, what's, what sold you on going to Michigan State? Was it Tom Izzo? Was it the Final Fours, the National Championship? What was it?
4: Uh, a little bit of that. But then uh, I think of all the schools I visited, there was none. I think uh, uh, the coaching staff, the players, they all, it, it felt like they had a, a family thing going on here because uh, me being so far away from home, I wanted to be in a place where I knew that I'd be welcome and, and where I'd feel like... Uh, part of a family and I think Michigan State showed that and that was one thing I was really glad when I got up here and visited and that that was really uh, one of the strong reasons why I picked going to Michigan State.
2: With three years behind you in hindsight now do you feel like this is the family you imagine? Oh yeah definitely definitely. So you live with Marquise Gray. Do you have any funny stories about living with Marquise Gray that you can, <laughs> <laughs> that you can tell? Is, is there anyone who's like the best cook or is, is Quise just like a slob or is he messy? Uh,
4: nah, you think you think Quise would be a slob, but nah, Quise is actually a, a very
2: neat person.
4: Uh, might not look like it, but he actually is. He does most of the cooking most of the time, I don't know how to cook. It's American stuff.
2: What's the best meal Marquise Gray can make? Ah, uh, damn, you know that pork chops, uh, and, pork chops, and, and a little macaroni and macaroni, and and mo- macaroni and cheese. Yeah. yeah, we should make a little bit of everything. Edong ebak of the men's basketball team joining us. If you want to shout out, give him a question. Uh, he's only here for a few more minutes, but the number is 517-432-3893. Edong, how hard is it to stay on top of academics and stay? And stay involved with basketball and keeping the grades up. And you're a good student, obviously. How hard is that? uh, What, telecom major? Yeah. How hard is it to balance all this and still continue to produce on the basketball court and come with the energy to practice that Coach Izzo expects every day? It's got to be incredibly tough.
4: Yeah, it is tough, man, having to practice for three, four hours, leave there, go to Smith Center, do some homework. Uh, come back at night. Uh, do some things. Have meetings here and there. But uh, it's one thing that if you're committed to doing it, and it's something that you really want to do, you, you, you're gonna do it. I mean, if if it's one of your goals is playing college basketball, and being successful at it, you got to be good in class too. So if you know you got to take care of basketball, you got to take care of your books, and and that's just how it works.
5: Um, you guys played a not so well-known non-conference schedule. Do you think this is gonna help you or hurt you in the Big Ten season and
4: beyond? Uh, it might look like it was a not so good non-conference schedule, but we played Boston College, we played Bradley. Uh, not
2: to mention, you guys
4: beat Bradley by almost thirty. Uh, yeah, and they were supposed to be the toughest ones, and we still we got uh, BYU coming up. Uh, it's I, I don't think it's been a relatively so-so non-conference schedule. I think it's it's been a little uh, uh, not so not tough, but challenging a little bit having to adjust your style of defense most of the time to fit how the other team plays but uh, i think uh with all with the work we've done uh, it's it's given us a, a really good uh, preparation for the Big 10 season
1: um you know, i've got another question for you you guys weren't ranked coming into the season how did that make you guys feel like did that make you feel like you had to prove yourself more or, like did that make you think did you guys feel that you should have been ranked or how did you guys feel about that?
4: Well, on um, personally I didn't I didn't expect us to get ranked right then coming into the season. I knew that uh we we might have we were probably going to get overlooked, but like coach always says and I believe rank rankings don't really mean anything uh especially this early in the in the year in the basketball season. But uh now that we are ranked, uh, I guess we do have something to prove and it just goes to say that uh, we are being, uh, the work we're doing
2: is being noticed by someone out there, and we just have to go out there and work harder. Obviously, you guys are ranked number twenty-five in the ESPN coaches poll. One of the things that I've noticed this season is is the rebounding in the defense. You guys are giving up fifty-two points a game, out-rebounding your opponents by plus fifteen margin. I think it is. Where did that come from? You haven't had that in years past, especially last year. Was it? Is this more of a team that Coach Izzo can coach and more role players that? Like you crash the boards hard, you and Drew Namick controlling the glass, Drew Knightzel scoring, Drew Neitzel even grabbing rebounds, Raymar doing his job. Do you think it's more of a team that Coach Izzo can coach, or is it you guys have stepped it up that much more to work harder on the defensive end?
4: Uh, well, uh, I guess with the absence of the scoring and talent we had last year, we, we had to do something to stay on top. And like Coach, coach Izzo, I think it's always been a brand of Michigan State of rebounding and defense, and it's one thing we try to go hard at in practice, and we've done a good job of that in games. So uh, I guess our, our games go out there, play really good defense, protect the basket, and let uh, Drew and other guys do all the.
2: <laughs> uh, just a, just a couple more for you. I know you got a, a nine o'clock meeting. I don't want to hold you. You walk probably walked over here in the freezing cold. Yep. So you know what?
1: <laughs> you know what? You know what?
2: All the all this talk about you know Michigan State and whatever college basketball players get paid. This man walked over here on his feet. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> So we want to we want to thank you again, ID. We appreciate this. Edong Ebock of the men's basketball team in the studio for a few more minutes. If you got a call, pick up the phone five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. ID. Who are you looking forward to playing against in the post in the Big Ten season? Is it, is it Greg Oden? Do you do you want to do you want to quiet the nation? All this talk about this freshman. Do you want do you want to do you want to give him a little taste of ID? Well, um,
4: I'm looking forward to that game personally. Uh, all through the summer. Uh, Vork, the strength coach, he keeps making jokes about that. Uh, we're going to get our ass beat by him, so I can't. I can't wait to to get that game and prove him wrong. And the coaches make little jokes and comments about it, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And I can't wait for that
2: uh, for that game. So, so that's got to be the number one opponent you're looking forward to, Greg Oden.
4: Uh, uh, not really, but that's just one of them on the list.
2: One of them on the list. Can, yeah. can I get a couple more on the list? Any? Let's see who else. Alondo Tucker. Yeah, we
4: we 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 are going to take it to Wisconsin this year. Uh that's one game we're looking forward to uh
2: in general the entire Big 10 season. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So so people are really counting you out of the out of the Big 10 race. They're saying, "Oh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, I'm, I I I'd put you guys as a dark horse." I think you guys can really play. Can you talk just just a little bit about the play of Drew Neitzel? he's uh, he's, he's really stepped it up. He's been back-to-back Big 10 player of the week. Do you think it, Drew's just more comfortable without having to dish the ball off to Shannon or Mo or feed down in the post to Paul. and Do you think that Drew just got more comfortable or is it just Drew really hungry this year? Drew is a, a phenomenal
4: player. Uh, man, it's, it's just him. A really, really good player. Uh, he can score. He can dish it out. I think last year he took on a role of giving the ball uh, to the other guys, but with them gone, uh, he's had to step it up and uh, put up some buckets
2: and he's done a great job of that. You guys had a big win against Texas. Came up a little short against Maryland. Obviously, you guys got, you got struggled with Boston College, but nonetheless, you guys stand seven and two. Um, a few, about uh, three, four weeks away from the Big Ten schedule. Um, who up to now? Who's the who's the toughest center you've played against in your career? Obviously. Uh, hmm, let me see.
4: Uh, there's been a few of them. It's
2: been a little challenging, uh, but none. No, no names really jump out to you. Uh, not really, no. So, no, is there a center in the in the Big Ten or college basketball that you that really scares you, or, <laughs> or you you don't seem like a guy, you don't seem like a guy that gets scared easily? I don't
4: think if Shaq played in college, I'd be scared right now, but I don't know, not really know. So, favorite NBA player? Uh man, I like uh, I like Tim Duncan. Uh, Tim Duncan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kobe too.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, anybody Smart anybody, choice. anybody who gets Smart 80, choice. 80
4: plus. Smart, no, nah, nah. I've been, a, I've been a fan of Kobe right from the start when he had the fro
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, uh,
4: the weak Adidas shoes.
2: Uh, the weak Adidas mm-hmm. shoes. But hey, we thank you, ID, ID Ebock in the in the house tonight with the Spartan Sports Wrap. We thank him for joining us. We'll take My a pleasure. quick, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna talk to Todd Schultz of the Lansing State Journal. You love him or you hate him, but he'll be on the show in about five minutes. So mm-hmm. stay with us. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
2: Smoking helpline.
0: Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking.
2: Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline.
0: The
5: people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it.
0: I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need
2: to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A
5: smoke-free building? Without all that?
2: smoking uh, yeah that's right make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink my when you get up in the morning and turn on the radio you don't want to hear those other guys blah, talking blah, on your way blah, to work blah, do you blah. you don't want to hear talking
5: you want to hear music so here at the impact we are making you a promise we're
2: calling it the more music mornings 89 second play Hey, welcome back into the basement. We thank you for joining us. That was Edong Ebach of the men's basketball team who just joined us. Those little spontaneous didn't really know he was gonna, if he was going to pop in the studio tonight or not because of his intense practice schedule, study schedule, tutors, things like that. So a, big, a special thanks to the big man Edong Ebach of the men's basketball team for joining us. Todd Schultz is going to be joining us in moments from the Lansing State Journal. We're going to talk a little bit about Coach D'Antonio and a little bit about Spartan football. But first of all, Matt Trannon is not playing basketball, Juan. How bad is Matt Trannon's absence going to hurt us? Or do you think we have the pieces in the front court that we really need on this basketball team?
3: I think they definitely need Matt Trannon this year. Not so much on the court, but off the court and in the locker room to build that camaraderie and bring that toughness to this team because they are young. They have a lot of inexperience in that front line. And they can really use some guidance from a guy who has been the final four, who has played in critical games was played against top level competition and who has represented the university well in his years here. So I think they could really benefit from just his presence when in and out of practice, when they're on road trips, when they get into the big 10 schedule and it's February and you're tired, you've been practicing hard since the beginning of the summer and you're on the road, you want to go home, you want to sleep. And they need that extra oomph to get you over that, over the edge and, and, and finish out those games. I think his presence would be great. So I think it hurts him a little bit not having him.
2: Does it hurt Matt Trannon not playing basketball?
3: Um, I don't really think it hurts Trannon as much as it hurts the team because his future lies in football. You know, you, he, you
2: really think his you think he has longevity in the in the sport of football, and his profit margin is going to be the highest in the NFL.
3: Yes, his profit margin will definitely be the best in the NFL. He's realistically not going to go to the NBA at six 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 five. As a post player, like it's just the speed of the game and the style of the NBA just doesn't leave room for that right now. But on the football field, he could play receiver. He could play. He could put 20 pounds on and convert to tight end. So he has a lot of options, you know, line within the football field because he is such a great athlete. So I see a team taking him more so on the football field than in the
2: NBA. So, Brigitte, where do you think Matt Trannan's success lies? It could, In my eyes, I think he could make a tremendous amount of money playing basketball overseas. You could make six figures playing basketball overseas, and I think Trannan has a love for basketball. But too bad it didn't translate to this season, but you still have to respect the man's personal decision. To, Without to, a doubt. I mean, he's been playing two sports for, for, three, th- for three seasons now, and he's got to be br- burnt out at least a little bit. He's got groin injury. He's got to be a little tired. and He wants to get healthy and get ready for, the, for the NFL Combines if he's invited. But, hey, we've invited Todd Schultz to the show, and he's joining us now. Mr. Schultz, how you doing?
5: Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Just Fan-
2: fantastic. Todd Schultz of the Lansing State Journal. Todd, first of all, a little just a general question. Todd, do you feel like the fans or Spartan Nation, whatever you want to call it, do you feel there are two groups out there when it comes to you, Todd? Do you feel like there's <laughs> they love you or they hate you?
5: Two groups, huh? Yeah. I'll take two groups. That's all right. It's better than one group. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I mean, that's just part of the gig. I, You know, uh, I, that, to me, that, that's the fun part of covering college sports is, uh, you know, they're passionate about it and they care about it, which is great. And, uh, you know, a columnist's job is to, to be out there and have an opinion and uh, not to be on the fence. So anytime you write something, uh, you do it knowing that, uh, you know, Going to love it and think you're uh, insightful, and some of the people uh, not so much.
6: So
2: that's just just going the territory. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the hiring of Coach Antonio? You, I read your article. You thought it was a is a safe move, but not so much bold. What would have been a bold hire for Michigan State?
5: Well, and now safeness isn't necessarily bad, uh, right? So uh, I, I mean, I think you know what Michigan State did is. Is, is, you know, sort of revert to, you know, what it, well, what is safe and what it's familiar with and then what it's comfortable with. And that's, you know, someone with Michigan State ties and, and you know, just sort of someone cut from that Midwestern football coach uh, mold. And uh, that's fine. That's not necessarily bad. I guess what I was trying to say was uh, the people I thought might have been bolder were Brian Kelly from CMU, who, you know, you can look at him and see some similarities and think, well, you know, maybe there's the next Urban Meyer type of guy. Or uh, Bo Pelini was a guy I really liked, who was the LSU defensive coordinator, and had been at Oklahoma, Nebraska, and uh, you know had Midwest ties as well, was from Youngstown and played at Ohio State, and, and all those things. So those guys were both a little edgier, a little riskier. Uh, well, they, would they have had a bigger turn? Uh, you know, let's wait and see.
2: Hey, Matt Tren is now playing basketball. Do you think that's a bad move on Trannon's part?
5: Well. Um, I'm not. It's hard to judge if it's a bad move because who can know how hurt a guy is? Or I mean, I guess if he, you know, according to Tom, there's anyway, doesn't feel healthy. So I don't know how you can fault the guy for that. I will say I think that you know you can judge. Look, Matt Mettrano Matt, Matt is a basketball player who plays football. Yes, I mean, that's just that's just what he is. And then that's not a uh, knock on him or slamming him. It's just uh, it's actually I think mean, it's a compliment to the guy and the way he's made an impact on the basketball team. I mean, the, you know, I mean, just think about the was anticipating him you know, coming out hoping he would. And, uh, you know, I just, not the same. I remember in a couple of the football games, I can't remember which game down the stretch he, he missed. and It was just going kind up, of like, oh, you know, and And that's, you know, the guy's, you know, did, did, did end as the all-time leading pass catcher, which is saying something for him. But he just didn't have the impact, I think, for a variety of reasons in football that he, that he does in basketball.
2: Looking at the staff of, of Mark D'Antonio, two empty spots. Do you think he takes anyone from the Michigan State, John L. Smith era?
5: I don't know. Dan Enos, I guess, is the guy that uh, you know people were thinking that might stick around. I believe he was on Antonio's staff at Cincinnati. So uh, the question there was, I guess, what job would he fill? Up? Because I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. That Cincinnati's quarterbacks coach. Coach, yes, is, he came. Yeah. He
2: came with D'Antonio. So yeah, he
5: came with exactly. So um, you know, D'Antonio said on Friday he was still. You know, Enos was in the mix, and that he, I think, the words were, "We'll work it out in terms of yeah. who does what job." So that'd be great. I was sort of keep Jeff Stoutland I, I like Jeff he's a survivor of a couple regimes here and for good reason he was a, a, a not only a good position coach but you know, really was a good recruiter in the northeast for them and uh, uh, helped him in a lot of ways but uh, I guess it's not gonna not gonna be and uh, you know that's part of the business for him and, and he knows that he'll 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 pick up somewhere
2: Todd Schultz of the Lansing State Journal joining us Todd just a couple more I know you're a busy man little MSU basketball do we deserve to be ranked in the top 25 as we are as of today
5: Uh, sure, why not? I mean, the way college basketball is right now, I think everybody's, you know, when you get below 15, everybody's guessing anyway, and, uh, boy, I I just think that they have looked much better than I expected them to look to this point. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm really impressed. I mean, I I, I just, I didn't know, you know, obviously quite what to think after those three guys, uh, losing those three guys, I it was just a situation similar to 0102. You know, this needed a lot of guys that hadn't done very much to, to to do more and to step up and be players, and and they've done that. I mean, you look at Maurice Joseph, a kid that uh, last year, although he struggled lately, a kid last year just had you know really no clue and and was way overmatched. And uh, you know,
2: so you know, do you think do you think
5: the, the uh... Yeah, well, I got rid of the goggles, right? So yeah, honestly, the goggles. You know, the goggles were hard to see. You, you
2: took the words out loose, of my mouth, Todd. got
5: loose the goggles straight to the top. Like, I mean, he's showing some guts. He's hitting some shots. You know, guys, <laughs> and, and the, the goggles, big straight development straight. is inside. Guys with Drew Namick, Edong, on, uh, you know, and Marquise, who they've all taken their turns sort of playing well and then not so well. But as a group, I think they've been really, you know, just solid, uh, showing, you know, what they need to show on offense. But on the interior, much, much better. I think they're they're way better off in that area than they have been in maybe three four years. So that's a great uh, great sign for them.
2: All right, Todd, one more question, quick one. We've had a little debate here in the Spartan Sports Rep about who is the best player on that Michigan State basketball team. My cohort here, Juan Simmons, says it is Raymar Morgan, and he wants the ball in Raymar Morgan's hands when the game's on the line. Tell me, who do you want to have the ball when the game is on the line?
5: Well, yeah, I don't know how you can vote against you know, Drew Knights. But now there's a caveat there. You're going to have to help Drew Knights a little bit. He's not a guy that's going to break anybody down and, and just go to the hoop and uh,
2: create. Did, own, hey, did you see that Texas game, Todd?
5: Well, he slipped. Okay. It was a good move by Drew. Yeah. No, I'm a Drew. I mean, the kid is a shooter and he's hard nosed and, and uh, I love the way he competes. I think. Uh, I think uh, the answer is through Nightly, but now if you ask that same question again in uh, February, March, that answer may well be Raymar Morgan. That kid is strong and tough and can slash uh, very Agar-like. Uh, get in there, and it's, but but stronger. And I think he's uh, he's going to have his ups and downs, but he is going to be you know uh, a viable uh, you know threat, uh, if not the main threat. I
2: think by the end of the year. Hey, Todd. We thank you, Todd Schultz, his inaugural appearance on the Spartan Sports Rep, Hopefully. Hopefully we can have you around some more. Hopefully you don't hate us after this one, and, uh, and and you'll come back. But, hey, Todd Schultz, he writes for the Lansing State Journal. You can check his articles out in print or at lsj.com. Hey, I think we all survived.
5: Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, it, Todd. Ta-
2: take care. That was Todd Schultz of the Lansing State Journal. We're going to take a quick break, but as I promised, I'm a man of my word. Drew Neitzel will join us after the break. You're in the basement with Dan, Dewan Brigitte, and the Rook. This is the Spartan Sports Rep.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
1: At the football game, Jim
5: shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too
4: many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz Driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station.
0: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Prime Time, where you can find a different specialty show
3: every night of the week.
1: Sunday nights, check out Sitter Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on
2: 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back into the basement. This is Exposure, but more importantly, this is the Spartan Sports Rap. You're joining Dan and Dewan. I'm Dan, he's Dewan. Brigitte's across from me. We break down sports every Monday night, 7 to 8. Our number's 517 432 3893. Sorry we had so many guests and in-studio people. The phones are now open. Kevin is behind the glass, ready to take your calls. If you have any questions, comments, you want to yell and scream, you want to give us a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it may be, give us a shout at 517-432-3893. But rank 25, the men's basketball team is. I say we deserve it, and uh, you say likewise. Yes. What's, the, what's been the biggest surprise of this men's basketball season thus far through nine games
3: biggest surprise uh I would say at one would be maurice joseph's three point shooting that would be the biggest surprise because they they definitely are keying in on drew when they drop those zone down on on the Spartans, so he's definitely had the option of uh spreading the court and actually getting some getting some shots to fall so that's that's one big surprise for me. The consistency of Raymar early in the season—I believe he's going in double figures for all except one game thus far, with averaging what ten, eleven points a game. So that's been a surprise. His consistency—I thought he might be a twenty-point guy one day, two-point guy the next. So that's that's a, that's a shock for me. And lastly, I would say the play of, of Sutan and and uh, name it down low. They've actually been doing a solid job, even though one might have an up game, one might have a down game. But together, they've been pretty consistent in, in putting the pressures down
2: low. Brigitte, can you give me your biggest surprise of this men's basketball season this far?
1: Juan took one of mine. I was going to say Sutan down low. Um, I think he's just put up great numbers. He's really taken to the center position. Um, also, I would say Travis Walton. Just the performances that he's been giving the past couple of games, a couple of games away, he'll probably be averaging double doubles. I think he had like 15 points, 15 points, 15 points, and nine assists or so. Yeah. So he's getting close. And just the role that he's taken on is the point guard dishing out the assists. Like he's making his presence noted. I won't, I won't the say it, I won't say
2: it's a surprise. I kind of saw this one coming. But the play of Drew Neitzel has been outstanding, and he joins us now. Drew, how you doing?
6: I'm doing good. How are you doing?
2: Man, first off, I want to thank you for. We know your time is so valuable, and you probably got a million things going on. So we want to thank you here from the sports rep for joining us tonight. But, Drew, back to back Big Ten, Co Big, Big Ten Player of the Week. You got to be proud a little bit, brother.
6: Yeah, um, you know, it's a, it's a good honor. Uh, you know, we've been playing well as a team so far this year, uh, a little bit better than uh, some people expected. So uh, hopefully we can keep it up.
2: How do you feel as uh, as the leader of this team, the go-to scorer? People want the rock in your hands when the game's on the line. Obviously, pressure doesn't really affect you. But how do you pass it on to to your teammates, like young guys like Morgan, who are just getting their feet wet, but but are doing a, a good job so far?
6: Uh, I mean, I just try to help them out as much as possible. You know, uh, I was in their situation a few years ago, uh, especially Raymar and Isaiah. Um, you know, those guys are playing minutes as freshmen, so. Uh, I'm just trying to help them guys out as much as possible, and um, you know, hopefully make them guys better players.
2: Your 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 backcourt mate Travis Walton had a fantastic game on, on Sunday. Did you see that coming, or, or is that something like Travis just kind of came out of the blue? Or have, you, have you seen this in Travis all along?
6: Yeah, you know, Travis uh, he's been playing well this year, and uh, he he works really hard on his game. So uh, you know, he's been working really hard on his shooting and. You know I'm, I'm happy for him. That he knocks some threes down, and hopefully he can uh, keep scoring the way he has and, and dishing the ball off. And that's just going to open things up a lot more.
2: Drew Neitzel of the men's basketball team joining us. Drew seventeen points a game this year, three point six rebounds. Most astounding to me. I know you can fill it up with points, but you're hitting the glass. What is Coach giving you the green light to hit the glass? I know you're the point guard, the last line of defense. What has gotten you the knack to hit the glass on on defense and offensive rebounding?
6: Um you know, the coach is just he's always emphasizing rebounding, you know, uh, defense and rebounding is what he prides uh, his program in. So um, you know, I just I'm just trying to hit the glass and you know, try to clean up all those long rebounds from the missed threes. So and uh you know, I just been lucky, you know, some of them have fell right in my lap. So um, you know, it's worked out pretty good so far.
2: So Drew, what do you think your biggest strength heading heading into the Big Ten schedule coming up here in a few weeks? What do, you, what do you think the biggest strength of this team is going into the Big Ten this year? A, a very good Big Ten, I should say.
6: You know, I, I definitely have to say it's our defense at this point. Um, you know, we've been playing a really, really strong defense so far in pretty much every one of our games. Um, you know, Bradley, they average, you know, 80-some points a game, and we held them in the, in the low 50s. So, 40s, low 50s. So, it is, uh, you know, our defense is definitely our, our strong suit right now.
2: Coach Chisolm has been praising you a lot for your defense, saying that you could very well be the best defensive guard on the team. What has attributed to that improved defense from your say freshman year up till now?
6: Um, you know, I just think it's experience. You know, uh, as you get older as a player, you know, you just gain experience, especially playing against the, the top players around the country. So, um, you know, I, I've just learned. You know, you know, I've I've gotten beat a few times. You know, in my career, and you know, I, from those experiences as a freshman, you know. It, really makes you a better player and uh you know I think it's just a lot of heart, you know, keep trying to keep the guy in front of you and uh you know and just shut him down and you know I think as a team this year we've been playing great defense and you know it starts one on one and if you can if you can contain your guy you're gonna have a lot better team defense. So, you know, that's one of my roles is is to defend the perimeter and you know I'm gonna try my best to do that.
3: Quick question for you, Drew. Do you feel there's any difference um approaching the game with not being the primary ball handler uh, this year as opposed to the previous years,
6: um, it is a different approach. Uh, you know, just you know, I'm on the prim, I'm on the wing a lot more than than bringing the ball up, and um, you know, I, it's worked out pretty well so far. So uh, I'm not complaining too much, but you know, I still see myself as a point guard. You know, just playing on the wing and looking to score more, but you know, I'm still trying to make plays and make my teammates better. So, I mean, basketball is basketball, whether you have, your, have the ball in your hands bringing it up or if you catch it on the wing. So, I, I don't get too wrapped up and in, in playing different positions.
2: Drew not- mm-hmm. Drew Neitzel joining us from the Michigan State basketball team. Drew, you're putting in 33 minutes a game. How are you feeling physically?
6: Uh, I feel pretty good so far. Um, you know, this is still early stage of the season. So, uh, I mean, I try to stay off my feet as much as possible and, and rest when we're not practicing or, you know, on the road traveling and playing, playing games. So, um, you know that's a big key to, to our team and our successes um you know myself and travis and some of the other guys that are playing a lot of minutes um you know make sure we we stay off our feet and, and get enough rest
2: drew i want to thank you for your time i know you're busy man you got a nine o'clock meeting tonight we had edong ebock in the studio earlier today so uh actually about 45 minutes ago so i want to let you go drew but uh, i want to say first i want to say congratulations on that top 25 rank you guys deserve it and uh We'll be watching as you guys make your run to another NCAA tournament. I'm sure. All right, thanks a lot. Man. All right, take care. That was Drew Neitzel, of the men's basketball team, joining us here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. And if you're looking for a more action-packed show, I th- think you don't have to look any further, folks. We've had Todd Schultz of Lansing State Journal, Edong Eboh of the men's basketball team, and somewhat of a campus celebrity, Drew, <laughs> Drew Neitzel, joining us tonight on the Spartan Sports Wrap. But I want to thank special thanks to my engineer, Kevin, making it all happen behind the glass. And as we take this break, we're going to come back, and yes, we will talk about those boys from Ann Arbor, and if they deserve to go to the BCS title game. We know the verdict is out, but we'll tell you our official verdict when we come back from this break. Stay with us. You're listening to
0: Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
2: And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. This is a Spartan Sports Wrap. Because it is Monday night, I'm Dan. Across from me is Dewan and Brigitte, as always. A little recap of, of what we've brought to the table tonight. A listed of women's basketball. Big 10 player of the week. She averaged 24 points, 9.5 rebounds, 6.5 blocks. And two Michigan State wins during the week of December 3rd. Big up to the 6'9 freshman playing for Joanne P., over there at the Breslin Center. She's doing fantastic things. Todd Schultz joined us earlier in the hour, as did Steve Highfield of the State News. Two local journalists giving us their thoughts on MSU football. Uh, Dan Enos from the John L. Smith coaching staff may or may not join Mark D'Antonio. The jury is still out on that, but the jury is in on Matt Tran, and he will skip this upcoming basketball season to get healthy and focus on the NFL Combine and the NFL Draft. So best of luck to Matt Trannan. I know he's going to work hard in a break that is well-deserved. Michigan State basketball player Edong Ebok joined us early in the hour to share his thoughts on growing up in Africa and the transition of moving to the United States and what what is meant to his life and being away from his family. And um, any of these interviews you want to check out, our website is www.impact89fm.com. You can check out past shows and hopefully it will be updated soon. You can check out the interview with Edong Ebak And also, just moments ago, Drew Neitzel joined us on the show. Talked a little bit about his fantastic performance. He was named Big Ten Co-Player of the Week a couple times this season, back-to-back. And he was the first player to do it since Steve Smith. So Drew Neitzel has been doing fantastic things. But as we wrap up the show tonight, we're going to have a, just a quick survey. I know what Juan's answer is, <laughs> but did Michigan deserve... <laughs> To be in the BCS title game against Ohio State. I should say the Ohio State.
3: Without a doubt, they deserved it. There's no reason why they shouldn't be there. They without- Juan,
2: give me three points why Michigan deserved to be in it, or two. Two points why Michigan deserves to be in there.
3: For one, they, they have a, a more consistent team than the University of Florida on both sides of the football, on offense and defense. And secondly, they have more talent than the Florida football team on
2: offense and defense. Brigitte, your thoughts on who should be in the BCS championship game? Obviously, Ohio State and who else?
1: Well, it's close. You know, Michigan did lose by 100th of a point, I believe it ended up being. But, you know, that figure wouldn't have even mattered had, like you said earlier, we were talking about it, had they just, you know, stepped it up and won against Ohio State, there would be no question who should be in there plus you know the way they do it there are some kinks in the bcs but they had their chance and you know they didn't capitalize on it obviously
2: there has to be some reconstructing of this bcs Without system. A doubt, this I, is I, I argue for a for a playoff but then again when you think about a playoff if you're going to go by conference champion you can toss michigan out of the window mm-hmm. right away because they didn't even win the big 10 conference but i think you take the top eight teams so well hey we'll stick with bcs rankings let's take the top eight teams have a Cut the season by what two weeks? Have a two two week playoff, a week in between the first and second, the first second and third games or whatever. Have an extra by bi- week in there to get healthy because you're playing against top talent. But that gives everyone an equal chance. Teams one through eight to play the the best of the best, and there is no whining. Cut these sloppy early season mm-hmm. games out. Let's oh, have those the playoff division two games. But nonetheless, if Michigan help. would have beat Ohio State, there would be no arguments. They would be the big Ten champs, and they would be in the b c s so and we wouldn't have to worry about it
3: but see this is this is my bone to pick with that. If Michigan had won the same argument would be between Ohio State and Florida now because they both would be one loss the 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 thing that Florida used to their advantage, which Michigan didn't have the opportunity to use, was that extra game for the conference championship.
2: How about the toughest
3: schedule in the nation? Okay, they did have that, but Michigan was number three Michigan had the third hardest you know, schedule in the nation. So it wasn't like they were playing bums either. And if they had a conference champion, if they had a conference championship, the Big Ten, Ohio State and Michigan would have have rematched. Would have rematched. So then what would happen if Michigan had won that? Then what would do? We had three teams with all one loss. So the fact that the voters just saw Florida play the night before and they hadn't seen Michigan in three weeks since November 18th, I think that played heavily against why we don't see the Michigan Wolverines playing for national championship.
2: I think we can come to a consensus collectively that there needs to be some reconstruction to this postseason college football system. But nonetheless, you will see Florida and Ohio State in the Mm -hmm. national title game. We'll talk a little bit about this in the weeks to come, but give me a quick favorite here with a minute to go. Florida or the Ohio State?
3: Oh, I have to take Ohio State in this game, and I see it as a blowout. I say they win by at least 21 going away.
2: Absolutely. Brigitte?
1: Ohio State's just too good. Troy Smith, you know, he just too good no words Absolutely. for him the
2: defense has stepped it up despite giving up 49 to michigan the two quarterbacks down there the two quarterback system that's not gonna fly jim tressel's the best game planner out there he is gonna pick apart that florida offense and whoever they're gonna throw tebow leak whatever that offense is gonna have leaks and right and with tressel's gonna it. be all over that
3: with a month to do it so
2: with
3: I a, the better coaching lies with with ohio state the better players lie with ohio state I don't see any reason why. They're going to be completely healthy. I don't see any reason why the game would be close. But the question that I would have remaining is, if Florida did somehow pull off a victory and Michigan did beat USC for the Rose Bowl, would they call that a co-championship
2: between Michigan and Florida? Hey, who knows? But I know this. We'll be back next Monday. It'll be our last show until after Christmas because I have to go to Dallas, Texas, see my beautiful girlfriend (laughs) and one of my good friends down there wears number 13 for the Mavericks. So we're going to have a good time. Well, I'm, I know I'm going to have a good time on my vacation. There you go. But uh, stay with us. Next week will be our last show until after Christmas break. But stay with this show and listen to the Impact 8-9 because Jeff Shoop in the Jazz Spectrum is coming up next. My name's Dan. Kevin's behind the glass weekly on the phones and the boards. Brigitte, always in the studio. And Juan, my brother, since day one. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Check us out at www.impact89fm.com. And stay warm out there, East Lansing.
1: Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams.
0: Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.